Welcome to the In Bloom podcast. I'm your host, Josh Bickford. Today is Tuesday, April the 18th, uh, and we are going to talk about the transition that the real estate market is currently in. Uh, so as you know, this podcast airs live on YouTube, live on LinkedIn, and live on Facebook, Monday through Thursday at 9 a.m. Mountain. And it's available on your audio streaming podcast platform of your choice a few hours later uh, every single day. Uh, and this podcast is uh, the best cultural part of the real estate industry. Uh, when we get together over a cup of coffee and we talk about our business plans, our dreams, our hopes, our kids, uh, what's going on in life and where we really make connection. Uh, this podcast is a quick 15 to 20 minute conversation on thriving in life and in real estate. And I am so glad that you have joined me today. Um, let's take a sip. All right. So this week we're talking about uh, the opportunity that is coming in real estate. And yesterday we talked a lot about uh, how so much of our industry is looking backwards uh, to what was uh, and um, making an attempt to bend reality to um, to return to what was uh, and not to let go of what's gone and embrace what is coming or try to figure out what's coming. It's, there's a lot uh, and you see it in every headline about real estate that you read. Uh, you see it. Uh, the only place you really don't see it are the doomers online and the people who are, you know, hoping and praying and, you know, really desire a real estate crash. Those people are enthusiastic about what's coming. Uh, but everybody who is who is kind of in the industry that you see that are the, the names within the industry that you get information from, you know, any sliver of of hope that it's going back to what it was is is just broadcast like crazy. And anything that doesn't fit that narrative is ignored. Uh, and so I, I was listening to another podcast today. Uh, Chris Volatin was talking and I hope I say his name right. I love his stuff. Anyway, he uh, he was talking about the difference between transformation and metamorphosis and how what we're going through in life right now, just this is holistically, this is not just in our industry. Uh, we all think it's a transfer, like it's a transformation or it's a transition into something different. We've come out of COVID. We've come out of the crazy, all of that, you know, fighting inflation, whatever it is, you know, like um, there's a lot of change and we all know that that's happening. Uh, and largely we're mistaking uh, transition for metamorphosis. And so that is what we're going to talk about today, uh, because I think a couple of things he said that I love. Uh, one, the greatest resistors to the new thing are those who were successful in the old thing. I'm going to take a drink and let you sit on that for a second. The greatest resistors of the new thing are often those who were very successful in the old thing. Nobody wants to go through immense success and then the embarrassment of trying something new or the um, maybe that's strong language. Maybe you would say if what you were doing was really working and you were really doing well, you don't want to embrace something else and have to figure that out because you had to figure the last thing out too. Uh, well, in real estate, 
the only consistent thing you can count on is that it's going to change. So um, that that word, I was like, man, I got to I got to bring that to my people because um, I needed to hear that myself. I I'm somebody who is embracing the new thing, and I, I just haven't heard the language to that. Like, what is coming is not going to look anything like what was. That, that market is gone. And th that's what we're going to talk, talk about today. So when people think about metamorphosis, uh, the most common um, yeah, metaphor, maybe you would say, or the, the thing that comes to mind of something that goes through metamorphosis is a caterpillar into a butterfly. And frankly, right now, a lot of people don't understand that they're in the process of turning into a butterfly. And they don't, maybe they already have turned into a butterfly and they're crawling around on the ground trying to live as though they're still a caterpillar. And that, um, that's a really, really, um, it's sad when you think about it in that language because if you have the ability to fly and you have the ability to experience life as a butterfly and you instead choose to experience life as a caterpillar, well, that's... Um, that's nuts. Like you wouldn't want that. And you wouldn't want that for the people that you love. You wouldn't want that for your children, uh, for your, your customers or any of that. So we've got a lot in our industry going on right now. That is the kind of thing that if it happened, a single thing happened, it would be huge. Only it's a ton of things that are happening. So, um, this is why I, I love the language of a metamorphosis. I, I do believe when we get to the other side of this thing that we're in right now, um, the way it's always been will look nothing like what was. I, and I really think um, we'll wonder why we used to do it that way. I, I do think that there's going to be an element of that. So first, I want to talk about uh, the Federal Reserve, actually, because that's, that's the thing that's in the news the most. We're also going to talk about some court cases that have the potential to completely change the real estate industry uh, that are in process right now. And then we'll talk a little bit about tech and how they've stepped into the space. I think uh, over the next few years, as the Federal Reserve continues to fight inflation, I think you're going to see a lot of the real estate tech companies merge, go away, that sort of thing. Because a lot of them were built around what the Fed has done with zero interest rates. Uh, but if you go back to the dot-com bubble in the late 90s, there were all kinds of pets.com and all this kind of stuff that didn't work. But Amazon did. So I don't think that if you see some of this stuff, you know, you go through a recessionary economy, you see companies disappear. But when it goes to the tech space, I think you need to look at history and say, version 1.0 may be gone, but version 2.0 is going to be bigger and better. Uh, so that's something that we're going to have to account for as well. So first, let's talk about the Federal Reserve. And if you're going to talk about that today, uh, you're going to talk about mostly what policy they pursued when it came to uh, economic policy from 2008 on. And what they largely did is got completely involved in the economy. They pushed a zero interest rate policy. Uh, everything got leveraged to the moon because the money was basically free. That's why over the last couple of years, if you've paid attention to this stuff, you might have seen inflation reports go up and cryptocurrencies going down. Whereas people would have told you if you were buying crypto, hey, this is a hedge against inflation. 
real estate has always been called a hedge against inflation. I think you're going to see not totally accurate. Uh, I think we have seen that over the last, certainly where I am in Colorado, real estate values are down and inflation is up. So um, that theory doesn't really work when everything is leveraged if the Federal Reserve is in the process of pulling leverage out of the economy. Uh, I watched a, uh, a video, I think my brother sent it to me, and it was from maybe two years ago, a year ago, and it was showing somebody who made $40,000 how to buy a $100,000 Cadillac Escalade. It's only possible because of zero interest rate policy and how um, lenders could lend on anything because the economy was inflating so much with all of this, they just move, you know, like, it's crazy. Like, when in our lives have cars, used cars been worth more than new? And we're in that environment right now. Uh, all of that uh, goes back to the Fed's policy of high intervention, pushing super low interest rates, uh, and, and really trying to stimulate the economy. Now, there's probably an argument post-2008 that could be made to do that. To carry that into 2022 is crazy, uh, which, which we can all see now. And uh, there's going to be a steep price for that because, you know, from 2008, I, I don't know what the number is, 150%, 160% real estate values are up. Incomes are only up like 40%. So the reason that that worked was because the interest rates were so low at a, at a normal you know, seven and a half to eight percent interest rate, which we've discussed on the podcast, 1971 through 2022, the average interest rate from Freddie Mac on a 30 year fixed note is 7.8 percent. In what's coming, I would anticipate that we're going to overshoot that 7.8 to get inflation under control. And then we're going to land in that ballpark as the norm. And we're going to go back to actual supply and demand. Those are things we haven't had because of Federal Federal Reserve policy. Um, they really, really overheated the economy in a big, big way. And um, I, you know, I, I'm not saying this as a, as a doomer or someone who wants to uh, cause you to panic or anything. We don't fear things here. We look at them, we accept them as is, and we find the opportunity. We are going to be butterflies when this metamorphosis is over. And we are going to come out the other end doing the things that the market is after. And we're going to be uh, the advisors that people trust. And we're going, to, like, we're going to handle our business honestly. And we're going to seek to put people into the right, um, the right thing for them, not the right thing for us. Uh, it's going to be, the business is going to look a lot different in five years, 10, ten years from now than it does today. So uh, I... When it comes to how this is changing, you know, when the, when inflation really started to show its head in late 2021, we all heard that it was transitory. Well, in the most recent Federal Reserve minutes, they're talking about the recession that they're bringing on and all this kind of stuff. So um, they've slow rolled this out. Um, I've seen a lot of interesting ways that people describe that, uh, that it's a controlled demolition and all sorts of things. Depends, you know, as we talked about yesterday, you have to get opinions from all over the place because people will give you an impassioned opinion of what they think is going to happen. None of them actually know. And even the Federal Reserve doesn't know with what they do, what the exact effect of it is going to be. And so uh, they make a little move, wait, make a little move, wait. Um, inflation comes in waves. So when you see that inflation is going down, you're like, yay, 
it's probably going to ramp back up and get worse. Uh, inflation fights, historically speaking, take a decade or more to shake their way out. So, And the, the crossroads that we find ourselves at right now because of the level of debt in our country, because of how long we carried out these policies, is the Federal Reserve can reduce rates, they can inflate the economy more, use inflated dollars, and you probably say hyperinflated dollars, to pay off our debt. That's certainly an option. Uh, I, if that happens, it's horrible. It's the end of the United States dollar. Or they can tighten everything down, seek to uh, protect the dollar as an investment, as a store of wealth. And that's going to be a painful recession. Like there's not, there's not a path that equals a soft landing or a path that equals, hey, we're going to make it out of this. Either way, economic conditions in the United States are going to get tough. Uh, and we accept that as is. And we look for the opportunity therein. When the economy is bad, it is the time to level up. Patrick Bet David says, add a zero to your net worth. If you're not a millionaire, recession is when you become one. If you're a millionaire, single-digit millionaire, you become a double-digit millionaire. If you're a double-digit millionaire, you become a triple-digit millionaire. Uh, and if you're a triple-digit millionaire, it's time to join the Billionaires Club. Like that, that is what a recession is for. That is um, why you're looking for this information. You sense it and feel it that uh, this is when you're going to level up and when you're going to take your business way up. It's going to be a lot of hard work, uh, but that's that's what you're going to do with recession. So. Federal Reserve, we talked about that. That All of that in and of itself, I could spend weeks on. Uh, when I missed the market shift in Colorado in May of last year, that was um, that was what I dug into because I, I realized I didn't know what was going to happen when rates went 3% up. So I had to look and I dug into mortgage interest rate history and previous recessions and uh, previous debt crises. And I, I read a bunch of Ray Dalio and all kinds of other stuff. And... Um, it's like, it's a dogfight that's coming. So uh, that is obviously something that could completely transform and is going to completely transform. We've already seen it uh, destroy demand. We've seen people not want to move off of their 3% notes. Um, it's why assumable mortgages are going to be so big in the upcoming years, uh, because you can still take advantage of those notes that produced unbelievable demand uh, in a world where they don't exist. So demand, demand for buying and selling houses might not be as much, but for the people that are in the market that have to, uh, which we should talk about that later, the difference between want to and have to, because there's going to be a market of, of have to for a while. Um, those, those assumable notes are going to be what they're after. Next up, uh, there's two lawsuits that I was reading about. Um, I don't know how to say the name. I think it's Sitzer or Seitzer and Merle, maybe. That's how you say the other one. Uh, they both basically uh, pertain to buyer agent commissions. Uh, and they're class action lawsuits. They're huge. Um, there's a lot of people within the industry who think that this is going to transform how real estate agents are paid. So you got the Federal Reserve completely messing with the market. You've got some court cases that have made it to a point that really looks like they're going to change how how commissions are handled. Um, and may, maybe it comes out that buyers have to pay for the buyer agent. That would be a you know, like the, the perk that is always sold for, for a buyer's agent is that they're free for you. You don't have to pay for it. It's, it's a free service. 
Um, and maybe sellers will decide, maybe it's just contract language has to change. Maybe sellers decide they would like to pay for that to incentivize buyer's agents to, to put people into their house. Uh, it, it will be interesting um, how that shakes out. I mean, it's in court, so whichever way it goes, it'll probably get appealed. And, you know, might, we might be a few years from this happening, you know, but we're in a five or 10 year window here of, of crazy stuff going on. Those are both worth paying attention to if you haven't been. Uh, just to follow along to see where they're at. Uh, if you transform how real estate commissions are paid, that opens up completely different business models. It opens up what we're gonna talk about tech companies and um, it changes what the business looks like entirely. So if real estate has looked the same for a hundred years or whatever, um, it this is another one of those things that could be not transition, but metamorphosis. This is this could completely change the business. Um, and then last, let's talk about real estate tech. Um, as I said before, I think a lot of these real estate tech companies, like layoffs have been huge. My, I, I come from one. Uh, my, my LinkedIn page just every day is more and more and more people within the industry because I, I have a mortgage background and this real estate tech background and the layoffs are just extreme because it's everybody's pulling back. They see that the market's contracting. It's harder to sell houses. Even the big rental com companies that buy to rent uh, see that the combination of interest rates, prices, and rents right now uh, are, it's really tough to make a sound investment in any of that. So even they've dialed back uh, with the market going down some. So what I want to talk about with this is version 1.0 versus, versus version 2.0. Uh, the dot-com bubble, if you, if, you can, if you were alive then or you can remember back then, it was crazy. Like the NASDAQ was going nuts. Uh, there was so much excitement around all of this stuff. And almost all of it disappeared overnight. And back then, tech was really expensive. So, you know, like all the different... You know, today, we're, we're so... Like with the cloud services and just the way that tech is built now, it is really cheap uh, to start a new business. It does not cost much at all. I've, I've created one. And I can broadcast on all these platforms with video. I mean, that didn't used to exist. Uh, you can write and get it published everywhere. Some of the biggest, like highest paid writers today are independent journalists who create their own Substack. And it doesn't cost them anything. And Substack takes a small cut and boom, Substack makes a fortune that way. Looks like Elon Musk is trying to do a similar thing with Twitter. YouTube's obviously huge. Rumble is, uh, is trying to eat their lunch a little bit. Uh, TikTok has come in here, Instagram and Facebook are all in on video. So the, the tech space is completely different than it was back then. But everybody thought, oh no, tech is dead. And then Amazon came on. I, I can't remember if eBay was on the front end or the back end of the dot-com bubble. But all of these places, it, it, like the thought was lots and lots of different websites to buy your stuff. And then Amazon showed up and it was like, no, how about one place to buy everything? Um, real estate technology companies, lending technology companies, all of that, they're going to move into the newer technology. Blockchain is going to be huge there. Um, probably if, if crypto keeps growing, which is blockchain stuff too, um, you're going to see these things morph into the thing that will make it that are big. So um, don't, don't be somebody who dances on the ashes of this. If, if it, you know, like if we're in for a 10 year 
uh, inflation fight and there's a bunch of consolidation in the industry and stuff, uh, they'll be back. Uh, there's a lot of really, really, really smart people within those industries, like unbelievably smart. Like at Open Door, uh, they, they have been buying houses at scale based on a computer algorithm that's right the vast majority of the time. That's wild when you think about the brain power that it takes to get that. Now, I personally think that you need a human, uh, human brain in there because you've got touch, taste, sight, smell, all of that that has to be accounted for uh, with, with real estate. But to get that far is crazy. We have AI coming. That's surely going to play into uh, some of the things that we see in real estate over the next decade. Um, all of these things on their own have the ability to completely transform our industry. And they're all happening at the same time. And I've only picked three. It's not like those are the only three uh, that exist. Obviously, work from home and hybrid workforces and the uh, polarized nation, polarized, polarization of our nation right now and the vast amount of migration that's happening for political reasons. Uh, all of this stuff is crazy and it's all, it's all happening at once. So uh, that's what I wanted to talk about today. That's what we need to talk about. That's what we need to think upon. It's what we need to build into our businesses so that when these happen, you know, we, we're not laying around, crawling around, trying to be a caterpillar. We're going to fly like the butterfly. We're going to soar. We're going to thrive. Uh, so um, that that's that. T tomorrow we're going to talk about assumable mortgages, multifamily investment, starting in your 20s and being able to do whatever you want via real estate in your 40s. Uh, so that, that will be tomorrow's podcast. Um, if you got value out of this, share it with a friend. Um, my personal goal with this business is for everyone to thrive. I've got on my computer screen to help 10,000 people in the real estate industry thrive by the time we hit 2025. Um, the way that we do that is sharing. If you've got friends that you want to thrive, if you've got friends that you think uh, would get value out of this or people in the industry, share it with them. Uh, be sure to like, share, subscribe, comment, review, uh, wherever you consume this. And um, until tomorrow at 9 a.m. Mountain Time, I hope that you have one of the best days of your life today. Thanks for watching.